the show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. dreams. Right. Actors, writers, musicians, yeah. those guys. Yeah, no, we're not talking about pornography. Well, not this episode, but... And not specifically. Right. No. Okay. Well, no. But here's what we're talking about. We're talking about the side hustle, the day job, the survival gig. We are your hosts. I'm Jamie Parker Stickle. I'm Jason Bieber. And between us, we've had some... Alternate income streams that we can count. I don't know why you say that like it's a euphemism. Because I've had like 127 different jobs. Yeah. Half of which I got off of Craigslist. So it is a euphemism. (laughs) No. But listen, we're going to try to narrow it down each episode and talk maybe about one. So that gives us like 127 episodes. This could be a thing. I wouldn't have started this thing if it wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, Yeah, here we are. Uh, So we're going to talk today mainly about uh, a very specific genre of of jobs, Mm -hmm. like genre of jobs. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the one that's, um, you know, highly sought after by most people. Normal people. And avoided at all cost by others of us. Artists. (laughs) And it is the golden handcuff of survival jobs. It is the... Corporate job. <laughs> the corporate gig. Usually, usually you get a corporate gig like this by starting as a temp, and then they're like, hey, can we hire you full time and pay you less than everybody else because you don't have an MBA? And then they're like, oh my God, let's take complete advantage of you and just keep pushing you through the system. You'll do the job of 10 people because you're a damn artist, and everybody else does like one. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, do you have like something you want to work out right now? A lot of resentment. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I definitely relate to this, and, and yes, it, I, I've had some some experience with this. My my first corporate job, I did have like a, a temp job that didn't turn into a corporate job, so I don't count it. But I had a full on corporate job that did start as a temp job, working at. Now, please don't get too excited when I lay all the glamour on you. A forensic accounting firm. I don't understand. You have a bachelor's degree in theater. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And, and it is because of that that I was far more capable and competent than anybody else. Because you lied. Because I lied and said, yeah, I'm in this for the long haul. It's forensics accounting. Clearly, that is the, the, the path I was on <laughs> when, I, when I studied musical theater and, and movement and okay. breathing. The breathing was really what helped me through. So I had my first temp gig, a corporate job. Here in Los Angeles, one of the big corporations in Glendale. Are we going to name it? I'm going to avoid naming it. And I remember the interview like it was yesterday. It was the director of the division and HR. And I sat down and it was like a temp job. Like I was going to be answering phones, I thought. And they looked at me and they said, do you have any experience in packaging? And I looked at them and I was like, like opening boxes? <laughs> I was like, are you going to put me in a mail room? <laughs> I put my headshots in an envelope. I wasn't sure what they were asking me. And I was like, in what capacity of packaging? And they said, you know, when products come in a package, that's packaging. Do you have any experience with it? I was like, well, sure. I've I've worked at Macy's. I've unloaded boxes of packaged <laughs> materials. I work with a box cutter mostly. <laughs> I got the job. And it turned into... 
um, a project manager position that lasted seven years. Oh, God, what a long seven it, years. <laughs> Imagine going into work and not knowing what you're doing every day and having to read like a uh, That's for Dummies book on packaging and on, on, on separations and on color and Pantone books. And I didn't even know how to talk to these people, but that's why I have our very special guest here today. Yes, we do have a very special guest who actually worked in the same office. <laughs> I dragged him into the job with me because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to bring someone I know and did not know what they're doing with me who's also an actor. Yeah, incompetence loves company. <laughs> okay, so today we have a very special guest, Brian Hendricks. Hey, guys. And I'm getting PTSD even thinking about this. Yeah, you, you've got that twitch. That no, I, it's you, bad. It's back. It was a very bad job. <laughs> it was a very bad job. And it was worse for me than it was you. It, no. You did seven years. I did no, like seven minutes. Maybe, but all right. <laughs> well, I just have um, slightly lower self-esteem. So I guess I was like, it's this or nothing. No, and I got down like... there by the end of it. <laughs> But at, the end of, at the end of seven minutes, you, you oh, had lost felt, all of your self Yeah, I had lost everything I liked about myself. <laughs> well, you were smart to have gotten out. You remember seven minutes ago when I had self-worth? That's, I that's how I, I wish, feel exactly about this podcast. I wish it had been seven minutes. But the thing is, they give you like benefits. And I'd never mm, had benefits before. I don't know what that means. I, <laughs> it means I could go to the doctor and not pay. Well, it doesn't count really today, I don't think. But that's another show. Um, I could go to the doctor and afford it. Because, mm. you know, benefits. Mm -hmm. right. Medical. Medical. That was amazing. And retirement. For the ulcers. Well, when you have anxiety and panic disorder, you're like, everything is an issue with your body. You're like, oh my God, I'm dying. I need to go to the doctor. And to have that covered by somebody, I was like... Well, sure, sign me up forever. Except you're like mm. on a like Dr. Manhattan timeline right now where you're experiencing everything all at once. The anxiety and panic didn't happen until after the job or during the job. Right, the job gave me the panic and the anxiety. <laughs> See, for me, it was during. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, you know, in life, usually people tell you, like, it's never going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. This job was the complete opposite. <laughs> I walked in going, how bad can this be? I can do this. I'll fake it till I make it. Oh, no. It was the worst. Okay, I need but, some specifics. So, Brian, do you remember when we sat on that floor alone in those desks that just looked straight ahead and people would call us and we would we would host meetings? Ugh. They were called pre-production meetings. Yeah, there was, well, about stuff I had no idea about because <laughs> I conned my way into the job. It's my fault. But it, it is and it isn't. Because I remember the interview, because you said, you know, you're going to have this interview. And I was really nervous about it, because I knew it was about packaging, which I knew nothing about at all. My degree was useless in this situation. And tell us what your degree was. It's a dead degree. Like, it's the Latin of degrees. I was <clears throat> a telecommunications major. That's oh, right. ouch. I know. And it's at the night. time, boy, was it a buzzword. You know, I they've, just aged myself. They've too. built schools that they don't know what to do with the buildings you now. Should, they told me. I remember like our senior year, we were talking about that one day TV is going to have 50 channels. <gasps> I, my, my degree was like done like three years after I graduated. It was like useless. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't want to do anything in that field anyway. I wanted to get into TV. I wanted to get into film and managed to do so. But it was like up and down. And so when you, you know, you and I met over music. Oh, yeah. At Starbucks, I was dating a real weirdo. 
He was odd. He was odd. I hope he's listening. He was odd, and he works in the business. Ah, and um, the business. The business. He's a below-the-line production guy. Mm. And we were in line at Starbucks, and I was telling him, it was early. I didn't date him for that long. It was off and on. But I was saying um, <clears throat> that I was to start guitar lessons because I needed right. some um, extra... Uh, things I could do as an actress on my resume. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, I, I never knew that that's why you wanted to right. play music. So okay. I was like, I'm going to start guitar lessons because I need that on my so resume. cerebral. You thought she was an artist. Well, I just thought she like heard a song and was like, I'd love to play that. But well, no, that it was too. more calculated. It was more calculated. I'm very calculated. I'm a Taurus. Mm. Um, that's another show also. Uh, so I think he went to the restroom or you went to the restroom and the woman in front, yeah. maybe she was your me. date. Yeah. Who knew you? No, yeah. So... She was like, you know, that girl wants guitar lessons. And that was a side hustle I had. And yep. the thing was, guitar was like a lark for me. It's something I had done since I was six years old. You're and like a I, genius at guitar. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, it was an accident. It, it came pretty easy to me. And I never thought I'd make money doing it. And when I came to LA with very specific goals, I found myself making more money with that guitar than anything else. And that's the opposite of like most musician stories. Like most people are so like, you, oh, I, have, I play guitar, but I can't do anything with it. Let me get this right. You could make more money playing music, but you opted to get a day job. Well, yeah, because I mean, to the point, I mean, all joking aside, yeah, I mean, it was still tight. It was getting tiresome just being tight in between gigs. Absolutely. And, and so, and Jamie, you sold it. I mean, you looked, you had things going. I didn't sense the stress that was coming from you. And I was like, well, let's, let's do it. I was in the middle of like a lot of change in my life. And I was like, well, this might be really good for me. And I might be good at this. That's what I was thinking. And when I took the uh, interview, it was the easiest interview of my life. In fact, so easy, I was worried about it. <laughs> like I was warning the guy who was interviewing me. Like, you know, I know nothing about, like I was right. very was transparent. Yeah. Which was my boss. Yes. Nice guy. And he did not care. He was like... He was like, no, you know Jamie. You went to Michigan State. It's so all So therefore, you are a genius. Yeah. Oh, great. Like, he was ready to, like, let me practice medicine after the end of that interview. So I said, all right, I'll start. And I got there and, honest to God, the entire time. I think, truly, I was there about four to five months. No, I think you were there almost a year. Was I? Yeah, like nine months to a year. It's another doctor. It might be. This timeline. it's it's a really painful. Yeah. So when I got there, well, this is even more embarrassing because I had the Chandler Bing thing going, where people were asking me all the time, "What do you do?" Wait, if you can see my face, I am like high fiving the air, like yes, yes, that's the definition of it. I had no idea what I did, and people would ask me, "What do you do?" And I couldn't even give them an overview. So the most exhausting thing in life is to like be faking your way. You, the 80s movies made it look fun. Secret <laughs> of my success. Uh, yeah, right. Like, oh, you just, <laughs> see, even that character knew what he was doing. I had no clue. So it, I had to look busy all the time. Right. You was more like, you were like Tom Hanks in Big. It was like that, but even <laughs> he found his way. My famous line there, because people, we didn't know what we were doing. Mm -mm. Just, for the record, what we did was we managed something called separations. We did? Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know this. So basically, uh, we took preliminary artwork from design teams and we prepared that artwork to make it printer ready mm. for uh, packaging. 
I only learned this because somebody finally gave me a little booklet that said the secret history of separations. And I was like, what the hell? That Somebody made helped. a book? Yeah. Um, and I actually sat and read it one day because I was like, I'm bored. I'm just sitting here. Don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm just going to read this book. And so that's technically the job we did. Now, you tell anybody in the world what that is, even people in the industry, even mm -hmm. packaging engineers, and they're like, we have no idea what you do. No idea. And I'm like, I don't either. That's great. Well, we were meeting with like German engineers and stuff. They would come <laughs> yes. and we'd be sitting in these meetings, yes. like really high profile meetings. And they would ask us questions. And <laughs> Jamie would whisper in my ear. She could, she, she'd literally go, we're actors. Just <laughs> act. Mm -hmm. I, I said so many things. <laughs> I don't know what they meant. Oh, really? Because you, you convinced me. Because I really felt like you knew what was going on, and which made my job worse. They just kept paying me more money to keep doing it, too. And I was like, I don't want more money. I want to quit. Well, the day I quit, I remember <laughs> I was so blessed. No, I was. I really got lucky. Um, one day I woke up with just the worst bronchitis of my life. And I was so thrilled because it meant I didn't have to go to work. Right. And you had benefits, so you were going to be Oh, fine. I didn't care about that. No, it was, it was a way I had realized at this point I have to get out of this job. But Pat tried to get you to stay. He did. He called me, and it's it's the funniest work breakup of all time. He called me, and he's like, hey, how are you? That's and, our boss, and, Pat. Yes. And meanwhile, my, I know what my email box looked like. And it was haunting me. It was kind of like that thing like... Um, what are people going to find out about you if you die? You know, because mm -hmm. I know if I leave this job, they're going to see my inbox and they're going to realize they paid me for no reason for all that. <laughs> I know. So I get on the phone with him and I said, hey, man, I said, I really respect you as a manager. And I think a good manager knows when his team is successful. And he goes, I do. You're doing really good. <laughs> and it, it, by the way, this is it. Pat wasn't on location, so he didn't see this stuff. He right, worked remote. Right. And I said, look, man, I, I said, in good conscience, I think the smartest thing for you to do as a manager is to fire me. And he goes, well, Brian, I'm not going to fire you. You're doing a great job. Do you want to quit? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I go, no, that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying, I really think you should fire me. And yeah. he goes, oh, because I mean, look, I had ridden this train so long, at least get me unemployment. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you and, know what I mean? And he fights you on that. He wants you to quit they so you did. don't get unemployment. Right. Oh, yeah. So I, so he, it was the funniest thing. He called me back about 20. He goes, look, are you sure? And I go, oh, I'm so sure. And he called me back 20 minutes and he goes, hey, how are you? And I go, I'm good. He goes, well, I have great news for you. And I go, what is it? He goes, Brian, you are fired. That's awesome. And oh, it was the best day of my life. Right. <laughs> So, kids, if you're listening, getting fired doesn't always mean oh, a it was bad delicious. thing. Delicious. Oh. Mm -hmm. I mean, we look forward to. And that was a hint out. as to where we worked. You know that, like when you're when you're, I don't know about every artistic career, but when you're in the Screen Actors Guild, mm -hmm. one of the first things that the guild itself teaches you about is filing for un for un unemployment insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, they I don't know that they knew we would be applying this to other careers. But unemployment insurance and, and cashing in on being right. fired is maybe the most important thing I learned from being an actor. Sure. And and that is something that you should study because it's not super easy. Uh, and it goes back several jobs. You have to show accumulation. So that's another show also yeah, that we're they, not going to be doing. But we are not promoting taking advantage of unemployment or that it's an easy gig. To oh, no. Do. They, trust like, me. Trust. They, no. put, they grill you before they give you unemployment. Yeah, I had, to, I had to go down there and it was just as bad as a day as being at 
our office. And one then of, they make you go through job, training. One of my best acting jobs was actually in an unemployment hearing. Oh. Where yeah, I cried for the judge. Oh, good. <laughs> you did a monologue. I did a monologue. Mm. I because I was being denied because I didn't know what I was doing and had not right. filed the necessary paperwork and you know timely. And so I just let some tears go and I just explained how like I had lost my job and I didn't know what, you know, this just was so unfair. And you know, I I, I booked the job. I she gave me my unemployment check. Oh wow. my gosh. There's Fever. like a pathetic box and you just checked it. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I think it was the get the fuck out of here box oh, that she like checked. Just, okay, we're done. <laughs> So let's see. I just want to recap really quick. Mm. That was all the bad. A little bit of ugly. A lot of bad. What was the good about that side hustle? You know, okay. I think with anything in life, when when things are not, you're not in your comfort zone, you start to think over time about what it is you really want. And sometimes you find yourself in a certain job where, I mean, in that case, I mean, really, and I mean this, there were very few jobs I could have taken after that that would have been worse. So the next job that I actually took actually led to my career because I did that. Your current career. Yeah, And correct. you're you're like a big VP. Thanks. But the point is... <laughs> um, <laughs> no, seriously, he like runs no, a I, company. Yeah, I work hard. But I mean, the thing was, it wasn't hard. That job, mm-hmm. hustling in LA is the hardest thing you're going to do. Yeah. And so when I get around people who, and I find their work ethic to be like, you know, isn't this really hard? I'm like, not really. <laughs> I mean, it's really not. I mean, I don't feel stressed. And even in the most stressed moments, I'm just like, yeah, it's not as bad. So, you know, that's that was probably the gift of all of that. And in the improv of all of that, life is one giant improv when you're hustling in this town, especially mm-hmm. for your art. So taking that into actual business that you understand, I want to just say, you kind of have to know what you're doing in order to be happy, I think. Ah, who knows? I don't know what I'm doing. But the point is, is that the work ethic was easy to maneuver into what I do. Yeah, And other people were like, wow, how do you do this? You must be exhausted. I'm like, no, I worked with Jamie. (laughs) You've got to know we had it way worse. Um, so basically that saying <clears throat> money can't make you happy mm. is probably true. Cause like I said, like they kept throwing money at me and I could right. pay my rent. I could pay my car note. I could, I could buy groceries finally. I mean, I had jobs where I couldn't do all those things and I was working like three jobs at once just to, just to break even. Um, and those, that was tough living in the tightness, but all the money that they wanted to give me to continue to do the job. That much anxiety and pressure was not good. It was so much nicer to walk away and just be poor again. I oh, was like, yeah. no, I'd rather be poor. I'd rather struggle to make my rent. Without a doubt. I mean, yeah. all the money went in, you know, having a nice car to drive to an office you actually hate makes oh. you hate the car. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I don't want the car. Right. Take the car. You mm-hmm. like the car, you can have the car. Right. There you go. I um, will bike to my bohemian lifestyle. I actually, cool. I, I actually resented when I finally got a parking spot in like in the lot at the at the company I was oh, working it was at, like a cell. Yeah, not only that, but it's like I, I just re- remembered fondly like the long walk I had before I got to the office. Now it's like the car rides over and I'm here, and they know I'm here because they can see me from upstairs. <laughs> so I can't yeah. I can't dick around in the parking lot or right. stop at the coffee shop. I had to do that before I got here. 
Yeah, all of these perks are golden handcuffs. Which, let me, let's talk about that for a minute, Jason Bieber, because you have not explained to us what your role was at the forensics accounting firm. Yeah, what was that? Much like everyone at this table, I don't know. Really? (laughs) Because I I really don't know. Okay. Did you really completely... A third Chandler Bing, folks. Wow. Uh, Let's, let's, you know what? I'm going to give you the brief but complete history. Yeah. Uh, I started as a temp because I needed a job Mm -hmm. and I got hired as a temp after being thoroughly vetted by the, uh, you know, to, to, to do intake. So a forensic accounting firm works a lot like a law firm. You get clients, you do an intake and then they're your clients and, and you do work for them usually on litigation. I did none of that. I did the intake part. So a new client, I take their name, their phone number, their credit card, and the rest of will fill in the details later. Well, within a couple of months, one of the reasons I got hired was because I, you know, knew my ass from my elbow with computers. And that separated me from the hundred other people who worked at that firm. Right. So when one of the guys from the IT department split, they said, Jason, you know computers. All of a sudden I'm in the IT department. A month later, the other guy in the IT department splits. Jason, you're the only guy in the IT department. You're the IT department. You're the head of the IT department. Okay. So now I know, basically, when I said I know my ass from my elbow with computers, that is the extent of it. But I am now running the IT department for a 100-person firm, so I do what any competent person did. I got help. I hired an outside IT company to come do my job for me. Well, they just thought that was the smartest thing ever. And they said, you know how to run a department. We want to have you run the firm. So one and a half years after being You're hired being as a temp. You're successful, though. Oh, I skyrocketed. You're something. I, wow. yeah. I'm, you know, that my point, yeah, you were, you're, you're doing things. I, you know you what I knew? You had fancy cars and owned a house. Yeah. I had fancy cars, house, In Los dogs. Angeles at 20-something. I was a winner. I, uh, the only thing that I didn't do was learn my job. So a year and a half in, they made me the, they actually asked me, what would, should your title be? And coming from a theater background, I didn't know, you know, the appropriate title. So I used a theater title. Thespian. Managing director. I became the managing (laughs) director of the firm. It was a new title that didn't exist in the history of CPA firms. Oh, pause. Can I tell you guys a dirty secret about my job at the place that shall not be named? How dirty? Um, the manager wanted to keep me so bad, and he was being promoted. I, I think he's a vice president now, but um, he wanted to hang on, and I think he told Brian this too, to me there, that he told me I could put any title I wanted on my business card, and they would honor it. Yeah. So I, I wrote to HR, and I said, can princess you- Princess Fluffy Pants. I did. I said, could you get queen <laughs> or princess uh, yeah. approved? And she was like, Jamie. And I was like, ask him. it ask him and he said yes she can have queen but not princess and i was like yeah do you still have those cards i do why don't we have those because you know what they were like you have to order business cards and i was like i don't want business cards and they were like why and i was like because if i get business cards that say i'm this thing that i'm no longer an actress and they were like what you're an actor (laughs) right but you were a queen but i was queen so yeah so i have an entire box that just says Queen of separations, queen of managing. Mindset. Clueless. It was was ridiculous. Clueless. Clueless. It was pretty ridiculous. Okay, keep going. Sorry. 
Uh, we're all, talking about business. No, I feel like his titles. story is really successful compared to ours. Like you, yeah, what's you the, pulled off the ultimate what's the con ugly? job. It was a con job. What's I the, love it. What's the ugly of that? Well, the, uh, okay. The ugly is that I think everyone kind of boils down to the same ugly. I hated my job. I was stuck in it and I was feeling like the further, higher I climbed, the more I was like, oh, this is what I do. And that's, and this is not what I want to do. And this is like, and, and as this was happening, I was married at the time and it was going not bad. Not to me. Not no. to me. Right. This is my, this is my, my starter wife and it was not going well. We were in decline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, I'm, unha- I'm unhappy. I am, yes, I'm making a lot of money, but I kind of, I grew up with money, so I didn't have any frame of reference for that. I was like, oh, things are just the same as they've always been. Um, and I'm just living up to my parents' expectations. And even in that case, not like knocking it out of the park. So. I made Bieber go poor. Oh, so poor. There you go. Oh, this 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 podcast is being recorded in the in like a, a brothel right now. It's just a hovel. Uh, I made Bieber focus on his art and stop taking jobs to get rich. It's working out well. <laughs> so at the end of th- almost three years, I walked into the you know, the managing partner's office and said, Paul, we've had a good run, but I'm out. And, uh, and he could, he just, he could not wrap his head around that. He's like, I'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars. And I said, you're already paying me a hundred thousand dollars. And he said, I'll pay you $200,000. And I did a little spit take in my head. And then I was like, I can't, I just can't, I just can't. Can you go accept that job now? I tried to go back and accept that job three months later. It was too late. Three months later, maybe six months later, it was when like nothing was happening. Yeah, I would like to make clear. Jamie and I were not, not making that kind of money. No, we weren't making that kind of flow. Here's the thing. I could have taken that, but A, I don't know if the other partners would have approved it because he was like, the old man was losing it. Uh, And and B, um, even if I got that paycheck, I don't think I would have like been able to keep that for a long time. Eventually someone was going to catch on and realize like, Oh, this guy's not doing anything. Catch me, which is the worst feeling, though. (laughs) That was was eating. That thank you. It It was was eating me alive. Yes, it was exhausting, and it was the best thing I could have done because seven months later, one month after I begged for my job back and couldn't get it, I I booked the job with Second City doing cruise ships, and you know my life took a a turn for the for the more fun. So essentially, that's another side job, by the way. That'll be another podcast that's a good one though money can't buy you happiness and it can't buy you love it'll just buy you anxiety panic disorder (laughs) ulcers that's not really how you get an ulcer but we'll say it anyway i knew it was bad when there was pepto-bismol on everybody's desk everybody's everybody and that's a real that's not even a joke it's not a joke a year after i left somebody got the shingles from the stress um somebody got uh, an autoimmune disorder from the stress and like her eye bugged out of her head or something there is like some (laughs) well i remember because we were on the 14th floor right at one point we were on the 14th floor of a 21 floor building and it was and literally i looked at the window and i was like i could probably jump out of this and that's when I knew it was time to go. Yeah, you can, because yeah. you can go outside on the 21st floor. Um, did they let you go outside in that kind of building? Yeah. Oh, did they? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's probably a good r- idea. Uh, so, uh, all valuable stuff, you guys. Um, mm. And I loved it. And so, Brian, quickly, I would just like to cover what you do now so you can promote your business now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, I um, 
Big big fancy VP. Yeah, I'm involved with a company called Roots Professional, and my expertise, and Jamie knew about this a long time ago, one of my side jobs when I was on set was helping people with hair loss. So that actually led, I just, it's something that I've known about for, for years and have studied on. And so that led to the creation of a line that's in salons and doctor's offices under the name Roots, but rootsprofessional.com. You can check it out, but we're really proud of it. And yeah, we're doing great. And it works. It does work. That's and the bottom line is it yeah. works. It's not, again, it's nice to be good at what you do. The stress of not being good at what you do is awful. And you're happy. Very happy. And also, side note, he is writing a feature script with Jason Bieber. Yes. So he's still pursuing art. Oh, you have to. It, it keeps me better in business. I mean, it keeps you creative. You, and you can have it all. Yes. Keep pushing yourself. <laughs> okay. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being here on the show oh, on my our pleasure, guys. premiere debut yeah, that's, first thank episode. Thank you. I'm the first. Yeah. And by the way, this is not a bad side hustle. This was no. not... We won't make any money off it unless somebody wants to, like, pay us pennies on the dollar. Oh, then I'm going to give all this money back. (laughs) Just take the briefcase of money and go. Go. Uh, I've handcuffed it to your ankle, so drag it out. (laughs) Um, Anyways, no, but yes. So everybody check out rootsprofessional.com. Our special guest, Brian Hendricks. Um, I'm Jamie Parker Stickle. Who is wearing a wedding dress today. Oh, I wear my wedding dress because it's a very special day. And sometimes you have to work and you're pretty. And sometimes you just have to break out your wedding dress. I'm Jason Bieber and I'm just wearing some, you know, old Navy clothes. He's dressed up from the waist up. Yeah. A little bit. Half fancy. Half fancy. Anyways, catch us next week. We have another very special guest talking about making that paper. We'll harmonize next time. Okay. She showed on Monday, made love on Tuesday. Ain't no savings and